Hello. Welcome to Sideways. I'm recording this week's introduction before we've even uh, done the episode, so I've got absolutely no idea what we're talking about. Uh, But it struck me that if you're already listening to this introduction, there's probably not much that I could say that would put you off listening anyway. So, the birds are so amazing this morning. I thought you might appreciate just listening to them instead of me for once. Good morning. Good morning. I thought we were just going to try and do the whole episode with sign language there. Yeah, it wouldn't come across particularly well, but it it, it, it keep us on our toes, wouldn't it? Some people might consider it an improvement. <laughs> Completely silent one. Yeah, we could do that. Just have a little bit, perhaps a little bit of white noise or something. You look a bit like Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a silent film, that's for sure. <laughs> I don't like. Did you like Charlie Chaplin? No. No, I like Laurel and Hardy. Laurel and Hardy, just brilliant. Um, I still watch them now and find them incredibly funny. Yeah, I didn't like Charlie Chaplin or Buster Keaton. No, any of that. I find I, f- I found that it a bit maudlin, a bit depressing actually. It was really. I mean, there's only so many laughs you can get out of a tramp kicking someone up the arse, isn't there? Really, and Charlie <laughs> Chaplin made a whole career out of it. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you feel his career could be summed up as? <laughs> yeah, I do. Kicking yeah. people up the arse. <laughs> like and Greg kick- Wright. Didn't Greg <laughs> Wright kick you up the arse at school once when he was carrying a record player? Yeah, I was in the corridor, yeah. I'm still sore about that to this day, thank you. <laughs> well, he's dead now, so you can let it go. I, I, yeah, I did let it go after a quite considerable amount of time. He humiliated me in front of my fellow school pals. Hmm. Well, I mean, he had a spell in prison, so wouldn't you have considered that um, penance enough? Well, he didn't do it for my crime <laughs> that was committed against me, so no, he should have had an extra sentence for that. No, but he did do it for a crime that was related to the way he was treating children. He, he, he did. Yeah. <laughs> we probably shouldn't go any further into that, should we? At this, I stage? think we should leave it. Leave it very much there. <laughs> draw, draw a dis- discreet veil over it. <laughs> it's gone and dusted. Yeah, or done and dusted. You can't have gone and dusted, really, can you? Not really. Not really. Uh, but anyway, no, I knew what you meant. Yeah, I know you did, and yeah. I, I, I shouldn't have drawn attention to it, but. Um, my notes this week, right, it's the shortest title I've ever used. It's, it? it's, it's just the four letters, tact. Okay. Where did that one come from? Well, it's oh, funny you should make that was an idea you messaged over to me. Oh, did I? Didn't you? It <laughs> I was, don't know, I'd forgotten that. It was, well, it was out of the blue and without context. Oh. <laughs> but I assume something triggered the idea, but obviously you can't remember that. Huh? How long ago was it? Um, I think it was a couple of weeks, but you've been you've been quite on fire recently, haven't you? With uh, lots of different ideas. I think that's what happens. I hear something, I read something, and I think, oh, that's an interesting topic. We should do that. But funny enough, I think I was I was writing something about this. I might even have written it in my blog this week. But um, the problem I have is I have these ideas and I write them down, and then I don't note the context. And then when it comes to trying to remember why I thought it would be a good thing to talk about, I've completely forgotten. All right, that's why. Yeah, I, I, I can do that quite easily, but now I've got my allocated sideways notepad <laughs> that I keep everything in. I do try, when I write something in, I do try and clarify it because, I, like you, I just forget what it was all about. Yeah, well, tell me this then, because, okay. you know, you've you cracked this idea of having a system for yeah. maintaining records. Yeah. 
my I see what my problem is. If I'm out driving or walking the dogs or something, and I have an idea, then I'm limited in terms of the uh, device or the format in which I yeah. can capture it. So if I had a, if I was lucky enough to have a sideways notebook, <laughs> I wouldn't always have my sideways notebook with me, and therefore I couldn't guarantee that I would note things down in there. Or do you transfer things into it? Yeah, well, see, yes, a very similar, or a very, what you're, the, the, what you're describing there happened to me yesterday. In fact, I'm just looking through my notes on my, because I had a, an idea for a, um, for a podcast in the, when I was in the car yesterday. Mm. So when I pulled up at the traffic lights, I just quickly did a voice note uh, on my phone. Yeah, but that's the thing. You see, I will do something like that but then I will forget to transfer it. And then six months later, I'll find this random voice note on my phone. And I think, what on earth was happening? What was I thinking? Yeah, well, the one that came up yesterday, it was just um, the idea was, why, why don't we heed advice? It's only because it came up in group and I thought, oh, that, that would make a good episode. Yeah, it's so. a good one, yeah. But that's not what we're doing this week. We're not, no. We do that at a later stage. All right, we're back to tact then. We are back to tact. But before we start... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you saw that video on Sky News where someone had taken a, or someone had taken a, this, this, this short video of an alligator wandering into their house in Florida. No, I <laughs> Did didn't you see that. that? No, no, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely shocking. I, mean, I don't think my first thought would have been, actually, I better quickly get my phone and record this. No. A, it was a, you know, a full sized alligator just wandered in. Mm. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I get panicking when a wasp flies in. And it's. <laughs> Happened this morning, actually. <laughs> it's not the, not the same, is it, as, a, as an alligator? It's absolutely frightening. Yeah. Has it but ever it, happened to you? Have you ever had an alligator wander into your house? No, I haven't. No, but I've 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 I've, I've, I've had this recurring dream um, about tigers wandering into my house. And oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure perhaps Freud would make something of that. I'm not, I'm not big on dream interpretation, really. I think. Are you? What you do? You mean you don't believe in it, or not really? No, I think hasn't Freud been oh. sort of discredited for a, for a lot of the old. Well, I think I think you'll find that dream interpretation goes much is kind of wider than Freud. In fact, there's a, it's probably an area that um, uh, neuroscience looks at these days. And if you're interested in in um, examining that further, then yeah, uh, last week's episode of what's that? program on radio four it'll come to me in a minute anyway last week's episode uh had a, a big part of it devoted to dream interpretation it was very interesting was it well perhaps i ought to have a listen to that really because i've been quite skeptical about it yeah. but perhaps i think perhaps like tigers i mean they're just like giant wasps basically aren't they? <laughs> the same colors and everything they don't fly so easily do they they don't, but in, in in my dreams they sort of leap, leap about a bit quite what's, high. What, what's, tell me, tell me more. What else do they do in your dream? They bite me in the hand. Oh, they bite you in the hand, specifically yeah. the hand. Yeah. And then what happens? I can't remember. Do you wake up? Do you wake up at that point? Yeah, you wake up and think, oh, what's that? What's going on?" But I haven't had it for a long time. I, I, perhaps it was it was more around when I was drinking. I don't think I've had it during my sober period. So there's probably probably something that's a bit weird going on there. Well, I mean, that's that's a dream about being attacked, isn't it? It sounds as if I mean that is an anxiety dream about fearing some sort of something. Perhaps there. Were, I, I remember um, hearing a theory once that uh, I don't know whether, whether it's really got any uh, credibility, but the idea that everybody 
in your dream is some sort of representation of you. And if that were the case in a dream with a tiger biting your hand when you were drinking, one could interpret it as you, um, you know, being a threat to yourself. No, see, again, that's just all waffly interpretation and it's, there's, there's, no, there's no science attached to it. I'm, I don't, it's just... Do you, own, do, you own, just do, you only, do you only set any store by something that has scientific rigour? Yeah, credible, credible scientific really? evidence. Really? But yeah. almost, I reckon, 90% of what we talk about can't be proven one way or another. No, which is what I like about it because people can't have a go at us, can they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're a contradiction then, aren't you? Because you, 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 you know, you like to rely on things that have some sort of basis in provable fact. I, d- I didn't come Actually, on here for a, th- a lot of life doesn't, does it? I didn't come on here for a therapy session. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the program I was thinking of was it's called All in the Mind. Oh, okay. And you can find it if you ha- if you happen to be in. Uh, the UK, or you have access to the um, radio, iPlayer, whatever it's called. What's it called? BBC Sounds. BBC Sounds, yeah. Yeah, it's called All in the Mind. And the episode was on dreams and uh, dreaming. And it was all kind of centered around what can be learned from uh, brain scans of people, of their dreams. So right. you might quite like it because there's a lot of science in it. Oh, no, we're talking. I'll listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Anyway, should we, should we get on to the subject matter before we drift way too wide of the mark? Yeah, okay. Um, I'm just going to define it first, as I like to do. Right. Um, it's, it's, well, again, there's, there's several different in, uh, interpretations, but basically it seems that the tact is the, uh, refers to the skill and sensitivity in dealing with, with other people or, or with difficult issues. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I've got a couple of quotes I just want to use right at this point because I think it illustrates it quite nicely. All right. Um, first one's by um, it's from Isaac Newton oh yeah I've heard of him he's a good lad wasn't he yeah I he invented I didn't know him he invented gravity didn't he we were all sort of floating around before he, he sorted that <laughs> one out it didn't exist did it <laughs> it didn't <laughs> but he, he said that tact is the art of making a point without making an enemy oh uh, uh, well uh, the art of making a point without making an enemy mm-hmm yeah okay that kind of it's, there's a crossover there with assertiveness, isn't there? There is a bit there, isn't there? Mm. But there's a sec, there's a second quote which perhaps um, it's got a slightly different vibe to it, mm. um, but it's from Winston Churchill. Yeah, I know him as well. Know him? Have you been to his house? It's only just up the road, isn't it? It's only up in Chartwell. Did he invite you? He didn't invite me. No, he's, oh. he's long gone, bless him. But oh. his, his house is quite magnificent. It's a National Trust, I think. I don't think it? I've ever been there. The, the, the closest I've got is that there's a statue of him in Westrum, isn't there? Sitting well, in a big armchair. I know it's he, in Westrum, but that's, I've never been to his house. You must, you must go. It's, it's, it's inspiring. A lot of his artworks there. It's Make well. me. It's great. I'm going, not going to. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave well, that with I- you. Okay, we've wandered way off subject here. I'll just this, this, his particular quote regarding tact, as I say, it's slightly more aggressive, really. Oh. He, he sees tact as the ability to tell someone to go to hell in such a way that they look forward to the trip. Mm. Quite Churchillian, isn't it? That is quite Churchillian, yeah. So you've been put in your place, but you haven't really realised you've been put in exactly, your place. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a bit of a harder approach than, uh, than Isaac Newton. What, what I wanted to look at was two areas, really. Why tact is important. Mm-hmm. And the second part was how we develop tact. Okay. All right. So yep. I'm sure you, I'm sure you'd be able to help me out in some of this. But uh, uh, the reasons why it's important, again, when I was doing the research, it it, um, it, it it tact allows us to be honest, whilst 
respecting a person's feeling or their feelings. And when we communicate tactfully, we can preserve relationships, build credibility and demonstrate thoughtfulness. That's what it came out in the research, which is quite mm. a lot in there. But I think it's um, pretty straightforward, though, isn't it, really? It is. I mean, it's, the more we talk about it, the more it feels like assertiveness. Uh, no, that, that is true. But I don't know about you, but sometimes I get this real compulsion to, to jump in. And if, if, pe- if, if someone is saying something that's clearly not very tactful to someone, I almost feel like it's a, a responsibility to jump in and try and smooth the waters somewhat. To help them out, but I, I, I don't think it's probably not the right thing to do, is it? I mean, I don't know. Can you know. think of an example? That's quite an interesting observation. Can you an, think example? Of an example where it happens. Um, yes, I can. Um, I don't know if I can mention any names, but we're at work. Yeah. And, and uh, the guy uh, that, with, that narrows it down a bit. It does a little bit. <laughs> and I remember the guy at work, we were doing some, we were doing some decorating and. And the guy said to the lady who we were decorating, we'd, just, we'd painted this wall, and he said, no, I wouldn't have chosen that colour. It's not really me. <laughs> right. And so I had to sort of jump in and say, well, yeah, I think yeah, what he's saying there is that, that, that um, we've used similar colours and it's, perhaps it's, you know, it's more sympathetic. And so, you know, I found myself sort of trying to dig the other person out of a hole, which is it's not, it's not really right, is it? No, I think that's a great example, actually. And I'll tell you why I think it's a good example, because... What I was interested in when you were saying, uh, this is what I have a tendency to do. And I, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure we all have a tendency to do that. And I could think of situations um, where I've done the same thing. But I think what you're really trying to do there is you're trying to almost kind of protect your own integrity, aren't you? Because by yeah. by association, if someone yeah. you're working with is saying something that is somewhat insensitive, yeah. and there is a danger, isn't there, for us that we think, oh, God, this person's going to think that I... I think that too, or that if I don't say anything that I, you know, I'm kind of, we're tarred with the same brush. And I think that's sometimes where we might step in because we, we're trying yeah. to protect our own um, reputation. Do you think? Yeah. We're trying to save them as well though. I suppose there's some of that, but if you ask yourself in those sorts of situations where you see someone being insensitive, most of the time, I think most of the time we'd find it a bit annoying and irritating, wouldn't we? Why are you saying that? Why are you behaving like that? I, I'm, mm. I'm not sure that our I'm not sure that our prime motivation is to is to pull someone out of someone else out of the mire. I think it's probably a little bit more selfish. <laughs> I don't want you to think I'm like that. Oh, uh, perhaps that's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> I think. I mean, I might, you know, may, maybe not, but that's what it feels like. It is funny though, isn't it? How people, you know, sometimes people will say something, and you you can. It, it, it kind of seems as if their tactlessness is staggering. Yeah. You ask yourself the question, how could you not see how insensitive that is to, to say yeah. that? Yeah. And you're also, perhaps you're trying to save the recipient of the, of the news as well in some way, soften it for them. I think that's more likely. I think that, that stacks up. It's like yeah. the person who said it, well, you deal with that because you're an idiot for saying it. I don't want to be associated say, I don't want to be associated with it. And I don't want the person on the receiving end of it to be hurting because of it. I think that's yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. A bit of a triangle going on there. But, um, but, but yeah. you are right. It's not really your business to get involved in that, is it? No, it's not. It isn't. No, but I say, I've got to be a bit more respectful for, uh, for the whole process going forward, perhaps. <laughs> but, um, I think it's human though. I mean, I'm sure we all do. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably not right. But anyway, uh, going back to, we've been dragged. That was just a thought that cropped up there, but, um, Going back to what the researcher was telling me about, about a tactful approach that apparently it shows, you know, it shows good character, maturity, professionalism, and integrity, but it also demonstrates good manners. 
You know, if, if you can communicate with, with grace and consideration, you'll stand out a little bit from the crowd, which is yeah. probably a little bit from a corporate angle. I think that was coming from. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you the other thing that I think it, uh, what it, what it does is it, it's reflects emotional courage. Sometimes it takes, often it takes courage to, to communicate openly and tactfully. You know, you've yeah. got to think about, you've got to think about, um, the importance of honesty but frame your honesty in such a way that it doesn't come across as destructive or insulting or hypercritical. It's quite tricky. It's very tricky, but it's, it's something that to myself and my um, fellow facilitators have to do constantly in yeah, groups. God, I bet you must do. I bet you must. Constantly, because you're trying to deliver a message without admonishing people for their behaviour. Um, well, same as counselling. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm sure. And so yes, it, it is. It's the whole meeting is really built around tact, which I thought was just quite an interesting, uh, interesting one to do. So in group, in a, in group, just going back to that example yeah. you were giving, that must happen a lot in group where a group member says to another group member something that lacks tact, and oh, then yeah. there must be a kind of anxiety that the person on the receiving end of it will will be some in some way emotionally damaged by it. I mean, I think in those sorts of settings, I imagine you would probably step in then. I think yeah, that all the time. Yeah. That's right, isn't it? Though because it is. What yeah. you're trying to do, you're trying to protect the integrity of the group, yeah, and not allow one person's lack of tact to to throw everything off course. It is. I mean, if you get um, a whole load of addicts in a room, all sort of angry with the world and <laughs> angry with themselves and stuff, it's 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 surprising it doesn't kick off more often, really. But yeah, there's a lot of insensitive stuff can, can be thrown around. And so, yeah, it's your job there is that to, when you're facilitating the group to try and smooth that over and to make sure it goes swimmingly. I think probably, you know, perhaps one of the reasons why it's so prevalent uh, in group in that way is yeah. because to be tactful requires uh, requires quite a lot of um, sense of self-assuredness, doesn't it? You need to kind of feel okay with yourself in you order do. to be tactful. And I think if you're... Certainly, if you're early in recovery, that's probably going to be difficult for you to feel like, you know, you're well balanced and okay and nothing to prove to anybody. Well, quiet. And I think all the all the years, a lot of us have been in active addiction. You you lose any sense of tact, anyway. I don't really care. And I think the only time you ever display or, or try and get anywhere near tact is when you're trying to get money off of people to buy some drink or drugs or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but you must. You also must. Well, I know this is true. You're also frequently on the receiving end of tactless behavior, all the aren't time. You? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, because when I mean, for instance, if you even even in recovery, I imagine if you say to someone, uh, "No, I don't drink because I'm a recovering alcoholic," I imagine some of the things that people might say to you at that point can be incredibly tactless. Oh, they are. Yeah, that, that, that's right. Which is why, again, you 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 have to deliver that message that you're in recovery at the right time, which one I want to come on to when when it's time appropriate. Yeah. Mm. The last little bit, I just want to say before we get on to how we develop it, how we develop tact is um, that if you, if you are tactful and you can develop the the use of it um, and use it broadly, it can, it can help you avoid conflict and you can find common ground with the, with the person you're speaking to. And it says here, allow others to save face, which is what we were going back to earlier on. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's an important asset in sort of um, negotiations or in conflict resolution. I think, Definitely. What they're trying to say there. 
Okay, but I just wanted to move on to um, how do we develop tact? And I, I want to credit mindtools.com on this one because there's, there's, there's a lot of good stuff on there, which I, I've sort of um, not plagiarized directly, but I've used it as, in a, as, a, as a guide and inspiration of what I wanted to say here. But it, it, it does, it, it points out two or three different things that you need to, to sort of master, really. Uh, the first one is to think before you speak, which I think is fairly straightforward. Because I think we've all spoken out, haven't we, in the heat of the moment, and then perhaps regretted it afterwards. And it, it sort of caveats that by saying we need to practice active listening, mm. um, which is probably right, because we can sometimes, and I find myself doing this, jumping a little bit too quickly, and I should listen a little bit more before I respond. Yeah. Uh, that um, Thinking before you speak... I think kind of bears a little bit of further exploration, doesn't it? Because the importance of that is really about, if you can, imagining how what you're about to say might land. Yeah. So going back to the example you used, how would you feel if you agonised over a colour for your wall? Yeah. And the decorator said to you, I wouldn't have chosen that colour myself. (laughs) You know, I mean, most of us would think, oh, you know, we'd either be annoyed or we'd, yeah. be up, up, or we'd feel a kind of bit bruised, wouldn't we? It's yeah, unlikely yeah. that you'd think, oh, well, whatever. Yeah. So I think that's, that's the thing about thinking before you speak. It's not just how do I want to say this. It's about when I say it, how is it going to be received? And is, is that okay for me? I mean, you, again, you can't control it, but I think bearing it in mind is quite important. Yeah, but there's quite a lot to go through before you say something, isn't it? You know, and so it's, it's taking time before you say something and, you, and to go through that process that you've just explained there, it, it would mean there'd be, it might be a, a quite a long lull in the conversation where you worked it out. But I think you get used to it when you, once you get practiced at it. And I've, when I look back, you know, the early groups I facilitated, I was completely rubbish. I think I'm just less rubbish now because I've just learned how to deal with it. Yeah. I think those sorts of things do come with practice. And I think the other thing is it's not everything that we say that we have to think carefully about because not everything we say is, in any way you're going to kind of be contentious. You know, sometimes no. we might say something contentious. We don't even realise it's contentious. Well, you can't kind of think before you speak there, can you? No. But, but um, I don't know. Don't you think we get a feeling, we kind of get a feeling when we're going to say something to someone, we think, oh, yeah, I don't know how this is going to play yeah. out. Yeah, you do. You, sort of, you, almost, you almost sort of practice it, don't you, in your own exactly. mind first. Yeah. Exactly. They're the situations, I think, yeah. where it's worth considering the other person's perspective. How might I feel if this was said to me? And if I would find that painful, how would I most like to hear this? You know? Yeah. No, you're right. And I Does think my hair look nice. No, it looks terrible. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's not going to fly, is it? No, no, it's not. Um, the one, the, 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 the next point it goes on to is, is what we've already touched on is, is, is determining the appropriate time to yeah. say a certain thing to a certain person, you know, it, it has to be time appropriate. And it's illustrated, um, there was a, a sort of joke letter in Viz, okay? So it's, it's <laughs> but it, it, it's, it was supposed to be quite funny, but it is, it's, um, it's a, you can't take this the wrong way, but it, 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 it illustrates this perfectly. And they have the sort of a, a fake sort of um, a guru in there that helps you, in Viz, that helps you with, 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 with any problems that crop up. And you pass it by this chap. Yeah. Um, and someone wrote in saying that um, uh, if he could, it, it, he got this fantastic news that his son had just got a contract with Man City. Okay. Yeah. If Man City. 
Um, and he was going to mention it at the next family gathering to mm-hmm. distribute the good news, which would be, uh, which be the, it was turned out it would be the funeral of a cousin that had just been killed in an industrial accident. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> so the advice was to perhaps wait until the wake. <laughs> yeah. And then steer the conversation around to football and say how proud their cousin would have, would have been to know about the contract. <laughs> it was, it was slightly extreme, but I think it illustrates why, where you can be tactful when you deliver news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're right, that is quite extreme. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it made me chuckle at the time, and I'd forgotten about it until I was writing that. I said, oh, I remember that. I'm gonna go, and I had to root out my old, one of the old copies of Viz to find it. It reminds me of an, uh, an example of terrible tactlessness. Okay. Where um, when I used to work... When I used to work in the corporate world, I can remember we had a um, a supplier who came in one day to reception to see one of my colleagues, and she went down to meet him, and he said to her, "Oh, congratulations! When the, when's the baby due?" <gasps> she wasn't pregnant, no, right? Oh yeah, but that's ba- that's pretty bad, right? <laughs> yeah. But then two or three months later, he did it again, no. exactly the same thing. Oh my god! Yeah, he hadn't learned. No. <laughs> No, so that's quite an important part of um, being tactful, it learning is. from your mistakes. Um, that is just a massive faux pas. It's one of those ones that is so widely known that you, you'd never make that, that, that assumption. Yeah, why would you, uh, yeah, but, uh, having made it once, yeah. being told I'm not pregnant, why on earth would you do it again? I don't know. I don't know. Perhaps I haven't learned from that. Well, you obviously didn't learn from it. It's awful, yeah. isn't it? Mm, there we are. <laughs> but it, uh, it goes on in, in this, in this uh, article on Mind Tools about you know choosing the words carefully which yep. again is, is going to be important because you can make people feel defensive and standoffish with certain certain phraseology uh, and it goes on about watching your body language as well um because the, the body language can it sort of can match your message and i know again look back in the corporate world when you're doing sales seminars and stuff there was talking about um you know, making eye contact, don't they? And um, don't cross your arms or your legs or you don't point and, and to mm. practice good body posture. But it's all about, I think that the hardest part is getting that being tactful when you're delivering bad news. I think it's quite easy when you're delivering good news, but if you're trying to deliver bad news, mm. I think you've got to be really careful about your body language and how you deliver the message. Well, like if you're firing someone. Exactly, yeah. Mm. It's funny, actually, because I was asked about that the other day by a client, um, and my approach when I used to have to do that was to always just be absolutely come straight to the point, be unemotional, don't make it personal. That's that's the most tactful way of dealing with it. You know, it's never nice to be able to, to, to have to deal with something like that. There are some situations you have to deal with with people that whichever way you look at it, it's not going to be good. So it's much better in those situations not to beat around the bush, just to, yeah. you know, say what you've got to say and to try and... You know, if there's going to be emotion from the other person, it's it's worth kind of trying to avoid adding to it yourself. Mm. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it, is it cowardice, do you think, that stops us perhaps uh, confronting these things? Because, I mean, you know, the, the famous story about 
Phil Collins, he sort of split up from his wife via fax, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good, is it? In, in, in well, to book. be honest, if Phil Collins broke up with me via fax, I'd be celebrating. <laughs> well, exactly I don't right, care yeah. how he tells me. <laughs> I'd just be glad to be rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perhaps, it was, perhaps he did think that through and thought, this will be received quite well. It'll land quite nicely, this fax. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's, of course it is. Yes, it is emotional cowardice. It is. Um, because, as I said earlier on, to be, to be direct and open and honest with someone and find the right way to express yourself takes emotional courage. Yeah, definitely. It does. And I think that, that um, you know, the last point that, that I want to come on to that, that, that they recommend is, is not to react emotionally at those stages and you've already said it there earlier on didn't you know you, you, you try and make it not personal come straight to the point uh, but they say it's, it's quite hard for you to uh, to be tactful when you're yourself or you're emotionally um, unstable you're angry or upset because you will perhaps then say things that are less tactful yeah and that's why um, that's why in relationships quite often when we get into conflict we do more damage than good when we're trying to resolve something, you know, there, so much of everything we've been speaking about this morning then comes into a big melting pot. You know, we lose sense of the other person's perspective. We're more interested yeah. in making our own point than thinking about the other person. We don't think about what we're going to say. We, we kind of lose our emotional courage because we're trying to say something in such a way that we guarantee the outcome. I mean, all of these things are, you know, are contrary to what you actually achieve with tact, because if you say something to, to someone with tact, it's the way in which you are least likely to do long-term damage to that yeah. relationship. It might hurt in the moment, yeah, but in the long run, it's, it's, it's the respectful way to, to deal with someone. Yeah, I mean, just wrapping it up, I think it's, it's, it's wise, isn't it, when you when you've, have made a mistake in the past, to, to learn from that, you know, to go back and look, try and understand why you said it and, and how you said it and don't make the same mistake again, which quite obviously this chap that went down and, and said about people being pregnant just, just didn't learn, didn't no. take that, that valuable message. Perhaps he didn't regret it. Perhaps he, perhaps he was, a, it was that thick skin that the message he delivered thought it, thought it landed okay. Well, I, th- I think I, the thing that surprised me about that one was, you know, once you've been told, well, I'm not pregnant, I mean, I'd find that so crushingly embarrassing. Yeah. That I would never, so I certainly would never say the same thing to the same person. I'd probably never say that to anybody else in my entire life. No. So I think you're right. I think it does say something about the individual. It almost hints at a lack, complete lack of self-awareness. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? You know, which is what I said earlier on, you know, in order to be tactful, you kind of have to be aware of yourself and okay with yourself, I think, but not that okay with yourself. <laughs> well, no, exactly. <laughs> but that's about it really, mate. We'll we move on to our gratitude list for this week, if we, if we may. Yep. Good plan. Um, you first this week? Well, we can do. I mean, I suppose first of all, I'd be grateful that I haven't had tigers wandering around in my flat. I think that's the best. Or alligators. Or alligators, yeah. <laughs> or any, I mean, have you, I'd, I was thinking about that actually having weird animals in your house. I mean, because I remember a long you used time to have ago, a bloody snake. I used to have a snake. Yeah, but that's not. Uh, that's, of that's quite, a weird animal. Yeah, but it was in a it was in a um, sort of a, it's like a fish tanky sort of thing, really. Great, an ovarium or whatever it's called. Oh. <clears throat> but I, I remember. Um, do you remember the the Sales family that used to live opposite me along St Luke's Road? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Or I remember Mr Sales. He brought a lamb across and put it in. <laughs> Norman. <laughs> 
Yeah, Norman, Norman. He brought this lamb across to show us and he just plonked it down in, on the on the uh, floor in the kitchen. It's sort of what? scamping around on the... on the, on the eh? What did he have a lamb for? I know, I, t- I, I can't remember why, but he's just suddenly turned and knocked, he knocked the back door. And in fact, no, he didn't knock because their back door was, all, was open. He just came in and said, I wanted to show this to the kids and just plonked this lamb down. <clears throat> it was totally out of context. And that probably happens quite a lot in the countryside, but living in, you know, I'm a townie, living in the town, it was really out of context. It's really weird. Yeah. I don't, I can't remember ever having a strange <clears throat> animal in my house. So I, I probably haven't got much to add to that, but um, yeah, I, I mean, you'd be safe from alligators coming into your flat, wouldn't you? Because I don't think, I don't know how well they do stairs. Uh, no, I'm on the first floor. So yeah, they'd, they'd try, unless they took the lift. <laughs> I, they wouldn't be able to reach the uh, buttons, would they? No, they wouldn't. <laughs> what they'd need is to get into the lift with a tiger and climb onto the tiger's back so uh, they could reach the buttons. All my nightmares would come together at once, <laughs> wouldn't they? And I, I was just thinking, I'm thinking back, I reckon perhaps um, Mrs. Sales, what's her name? Was it Gladys? Gladys, Gladys, yeah. Gladys, I reckon she probably said to Norman, pop out and get us some lamb, will you? Or if it's Sunday lunch, she's bought a whole one back, a live one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know where he got it from. I just got this memory. It just suddenly came to me then. That's probably one of your strange dreams again. <laughs> but perhaps it wasn't reality. Yeah. Probably not. Is that what you're grateful for this week then? No, I'm, I'm oh. grateful for um, grateful for trainer socks. <laughs> 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 Well, I got to, I I I've right. paid a bit more money than I normally do for training socks because sometimes I find they sort of wander down into the sock from the heel. Oh, they, awful! You, yeah, they end up halfway along your foot and they make things. I bought these ones that are called running socks. Mm. They they they've got a more of a cushioned sole to them and a little bit at the back at the, the heel that sticks over the top of the trainer and keeps it in place. And it, it's 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 pure comfort. You have to uh, have you been running in them? No, <laughs> I think you have. To, I think I think if they're running socks, I think you have to run in them. Otherwise, uh, otherwise someone calls the police. Trade descriptions. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I don't. But I, I, I meander. <laughs> That's <laughs> close enough to running at my age. <laughs> How about yourself? What, what are you grateful for this week? Anything similar to that? No, no, I'm grateful uh, that I was able to celebrate my daughter's 21st birthday uh. with a lovely um, visit to the coast with the dogs. It was one of those, you know, sometimes you have a day and you think, oh, I hope this goes well. I hope this is nice. And you, you've got high hopes for it. And, you know, quite often things fall a little bit short, but it was a yeah. truly lovely day, lovely weather. Dogs had a lovely time. We had a lovely time. We had fish and chips on the way home. I lovely. gave too much fish and chips to the puppy and she got the shits in my raised beds later on. But even, <laughs> even that didn't uh, dampen my ardour. <laughs> it was fantastic. So, so it was which, one of those one of those days that I was um, very grateful for. Oh no, it's lovely. No, no, I can I can um, I can picture it. I'd be able to picture it better if I knew which town you went to, which coastal resort. Cam- did you? Camber. Camber. Oh well, that's just that's, that's beautiful, yeah. lovely sand there, isn't it? It was lovely. Yeah, I went for a paddle. Did you? Did you? Um, the, uh, Camber sands is used quite a lot in. It's been used in films and stuff, hasn't it? Quite a lot. Mm. Wasn't part of Afterlife filmed there? The Ricky Gervais one. Yeah, certainly in the first season. Yeah, yeah, that's no, lovely, Camber. Was it busy? Because at this time of year, it can get a little bit tricky. No, it wasn't because, you know, midweek, it's not school holidays. That's one of the uh, other things okay. I love about it. Yeah, true. You go down there and it's pretty much only dog walkers there. Yeah. So it's good. I'd be grateful for that too. Yeah. Good one. Okay. Um, well, Spotify search, I think there's just one choice here. Because nothing came up under tact or, or tact or tactless, really. So I've just put a track on the... Um, 
by a group called the uh, Tactful Cactus, which I liked the name of the group. <laughs> what about the song? Was that any good? It's called I Don't Know. <laughs> so as that fits in as well. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to be tactful. But Tactful Cactus, great name. Uh, now I'm beginning to sweat a little bit because I've realised I haven't thought of a band uh, this week. Okay. Well, have you not got a list? Because I've got a list in my, no, side, in my sideways notebook. I've got one of the pages allocated. I've got a sideways notebook, have but I? Well, get yourself one. I'll have to get, um, well, obviously, the one was a present from my daughter, Lizzie. So, you know, perhaps you can play, put a hint, put it on your Amazon wish list. And whatever. Yeah, I might do. All right, this yeah. week I'll go for uh, Manfred Mann's Earth Band. <laughs> you just had to think of that quickly, have you? <laughs> that was the first band that came into my head for some reason. I've got no idea why. I'm sure they've got some great material that I haven't been exposed to because I haven't got yeah. any of their albums. Blinded by the Light, was that them? I think it was, wasn't it? That was a good song, actually. Very good song. There you go. I'm helping you out here. Yeah. Heavy lifting for you on this one. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've got, um, because I've, I've thought about this beforehand, and I can just take one off of my list. That's I've got passive aggre- that was passive aggressive, that first bit. <laughs> was it? Yeah. yeah. Not very so tactful. tactful was... way of, of dealing with that would have been to say, well, okay, it's a bit disappointing you hadn't thought of one, but that's fine. You've had a busy week. <laughs> that would have been tactful. But I've got one. Because I've written the list. Is yeah, yeah. aggressive? Is it? Right, okay. Yeah. Well, I did lack a little bit of tact there, but I'm not really sure that I care. But, um, <laughs> That's <laughs> just aggressive. <laughs> well, the band I've chosen is Whitesnake. Uh, right, okay. Yeah. Now, I've got all manner of thoughts flying <laughs> through my head now, because well, firstly, I'm surprised you like Whitesnake. Okay. Um, what else did I think there? I have got some Whitesnake because I very much liked them back in the day. Yeah, well, so you, you, you've got some and don't like them. And, and well, I, no, like I, them I, I mean, I did like them. I did like them back then in the 80s. I mean, they've, they, I, I tell you what, I'd say Whitesnake, one of those bands that stuck around for too long. That's what I think. I just, I, I think I was a bit blinded by the fact that David Coverdale used to be in Deep Purple and, and therefore right. it made me want to like them perhaps. Yeah. But I, I didn't like them enough to go and buy any of their stuff. I was all right with them. I went to see them at the Hammersmith Odeon and um, David Coverdale had to leave the stage because he split his trousers. Did he? As, it was his, <laughs> as was his want. A lot of the uh, rock stars from those days used to wear tight leathers and that very, was Very, very tight trousers, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw them at, um, I saw them, uh, at Reading. So that's... Yeah. Very good. I liked them then, but didn't bother to buy any of their stuff. I'm just thinking now of bands I've seen where someone has had to leave the stage. Didn't we? Didn't um, Shane McGowan have to leave the stage when we saw the Pogues? Yeah, that's just to get more Jack Daniels, I think, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it was to go to the dentist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm amazed he's still alive. It's incredible, isn't it? Really? It, 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 it never fails to amaze him. And Ronnie Wood, you think how the hell have they sneaked through? But they're not very. They're not very good. Um, advertisements for um, recovering alcoholics. No, they're not. No, because they, they're somehow surviving. Yeah, they yeah. they give the illusion that actually you'll be all right. You can you can get get away with it. Yeah. So if you're thinking that, listening to this, just remember they are anomalies. <laughs> they are pretty much outside <laughs> of the normal uh, of normal, as we we're talking about last week. Yeah, outside of the norm. Norm, okay. that's uh, that's Norm Sales. He, he had a lamb, didn't he? He brought it into your house, left it we've, we've, running we've around cir- on the carpets. We've circled back to that nicely, yeah. Lovely. <laughs> All right. Okay, mate. Laters. Laters. Sideways was created by Graham Landy and Martin Pankhurst. 
If you want to read more about our work or sort through the extensive archive of past episodes, just visit grahamlandywellbeing.co.uk forward slash sideways-podcast. You can follow us on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram at sidewayspodcast and you can email us if you have a question or if there's something you'd like us to cover. But most of all, we want to tell you how grateful we are that you come and listen and we ask that if you've enjoyed what you've heard, that you spread the word. And we'll see you next week.